This is Gritty Girls, a place where you can come to process the issues and topics your girlfriends, family, or coworkers may or may not be discussing. However, you're thinking about these issues. Let's dive into them together. Hi, everyone. I'm Leslie Campbell. And I'm Christina Lee. We are the Gritty Girls. So I walked away from a friendship this past year, and it was a decision that I didn't make lightly. And just like matrimony, there was a series of events that eventually led to the demise of this particular relationship. I still think about her and about whether I did the right thing. And I think for some time, I'll continue to wonder about that. I think we all at some point come to realization that some relationships are just more draining than they are enlivening. Sometimes we're able to work through those difficulties with our friends, but, you know, sometimes there just comes a point to which we either grow apart or we realize that the relationship is unhealthy and most likely will never change. So we do the hard thing. We walk away. And sometimes we're the friend who someone walked away from. We're left disillusioned, hurt, and at many times left wondering why. Break up, drop, unfriend, split, finish with, leave, cut off, and as one article named it, friend divorce. <laughs> you guessed it. Today we're talking about the end of friendships and the effects that this has on people. A friendship that has ended is a very real breakup. It causes heartache and requires a mourning period, just like divorce, right? divorce of any couple, especially if it's a bestie, a bosom buddy, a confidant, someone with, you know, with whom you shared everything with over many years. But, you know, even lesser female friendships can cause heartache due to the bonds that I think women especially create with one another. I've noticed this topic um, creating quite a stir on social media. There have been several articles swimming around about ghosting, which if you're not familiar with the term, it means to suddenly end all contact with a person without any explanation. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a quick Google search of the term friendship breakup will bring up a whole host of articles about ending relationships, how to end them, and what to do when a friend breaks up with you. So we are not alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. And even though everyone deals with this topic at some point in their lives, I don't recall hearing about this topic being, you know, talked about right. in person. It's not um, pleasant to bring up. It's not. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to open the doors of communication on this, and we hope our listeners will join in and get some healing from it. I hope so, too. Yeah. Like in high school, I remember I had a friend who got a new friend, but I thought the new friend was not good for her. So I would, I would be like, you know, I really don't think that you should be hanging out with her. I don't think, well, then it turned into, we're going to be friends now. You're not supportive, you know, and it was high school. So it was when you feel insecure anyway, when somebody just stops talking to you, you don't understand why you don't know why. And then you start thinking, what did I do? What did I say? Oh, that's a big one for me. What did I say? Or if they don't answer an email, did I offend them? When someone ended a friendship with me um, because of a mistake I made, it was very painful. And even I, I even tried to make restoration and she wasn't willing. I still think about it because I want to try and never make the same mistake again. 
but I also long for the reconciliation. The lesson I've learned from friend divorces is you don't want them. At the end of the day, nobody nobody wants it. And it, it's important to truly think the best of others. Um, life is too short to um, stay mad, stay offended, and we need to give each other big doses of grace. Really great message from our friend Monica at the end there, to give each other grace, which is oftentimes so hard because we're feeling deeply hurt. So Leslie, this is a topic that's fresh on your mind. You recently told me about uh, experiencing the loss of a friendship uh, that was important to you. Right. And I think what struck me is that it was especially difficult because you didn't just lose her. For many of us who are married and have kids, it's not only the adults who feel the loss, but the kids feel it too. Yeah, they do. Um, and I th really feel like that's the hardest part of this. You know, it's difficult enough for me to deal with my own loss, but I dread the day when I have to tell my son that we can't go visit his friend. So my friend, and for the sake of um, protecting her privacy, I'll refer to her as April. Uh, you know, she was someone that was in my life for 12 years. Uh, we both were um, passionate about helping others, and, and we met at an organization that helps women going through crisis pregnancies. And and so we kind of bonded over that and started spending time together. Uh, we would, I would invite her family over to dinner, and she would reciprocate. Um, she's the one who threw the baby shower for me when I was pregnant with my son. And um, I actually threw three baby wow. showers for her. So, um, yeah, uh, we shared a lot with each other. And she was someone who I felt was a confidant, a confidant, someone that I felt I could be myself around without having to hide parts of my personality. I felt like I could just let loose. Things were good for a long time. We... We did camping trips together. Uh, we kind of had a Halloween tradition. We would always have a party and trick-or-treat together. And so, you know, we kind of developed these seasonal traditions. So things really started to kind of, at least I noticed a fade um, when my husband kind of went through his deconversion away from Christianity. You know, he's an, he's an atheist now. And We've, we've dealt with that. It's kind of old news in my house. <laughs> you know, um, we have a love and acceptance of one another, even though we may see the world differently. But not everyone was so accepting of him after that deconversion. And I just started to notice things like she wouldn't text me back. Um, we would make plans. They were canceled at the last minute. There were excuses like, well, my kids are sick, but then I would see pictures of her kids at Bahama Bucks the next day having snow cones, you know. And so finally I decided, you know what, we're good friends. I'm just going to be honest. So I sent her a text and said, hey, you know, because she was supposed to come over the next day. I said, I've never heard back from you. I'm, I take it that, that you're not coming, you know. Basically, I just asked her, what's going on, you know, and, and also it's hurtful when you do this to me, and I, and I really don't like being treated this way, because none of my other friends do this. So finally the next morning, 
she decides to text me back. It felt like a bomb had dropped in my heart when I read it. She basically told me that she was sorry she took so long to get back to me. She thought about calling, but she wasn't sure. And that she, and then she apologized that she hadn't been honest with me. And she said she had to think about it. And she asked herself, why, what is my problem with Leslie right now? Why do I find myself pulling back from her? And she told me that over the last few, few years, because my husband went through his deconversion about four years ago, she said that over the last few years, she watched her sweet friend fade. And she missed the girl who had the cute, perfectly decorated house and was leading Bible studies and doing all these things, I guess, that she valued. And, you know, I wasn't the same anymore. So in between the lines, you read that she, what, that you were not? I wasn't Christian enough or good enough for her. Um, She said that she couldn't relate to me anymore. And so I responded, and I said, you know what? I said, you're right. I have faded in different ways. I have changed. I've questioned a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I just always had this idea that good friends are friends no matter what. Even though you may be going through a difficult time, if someone's truly your friend, they're going to be there with you. And then I said, I will choose to be with those who will be like Jesus and will sit with me in my mess and who aren't afraid to get dirty. Um, My husband and I moved out to the country a couple years ago. We bought a fixer-upper in the woods. Uh, It's literally a double-wide. That's right. Yeah, so we traded in our our beautiful, perfectly decorated home for a double-wide in the woods. And and so I guess from her perspective, I'm just out in the woods in in a double-wide with my atheist husband. (laughs) What a picture. (laughs) I'm not sure I should be your friend. I'm scared. (laughs) Contagious. You said that last time in one of our podcasts. (laughs) She's afraid she's going to catch it. I know. Stand back, ladies. Yes. It's like, yeah. Um, And that's just sad. I mean, and the thing is, is I'm still a Christian. And even if I wasn't, should it matter? Well, for some people, I think it does. I think for some people, it does. For some people. And I think uh, it's really difficult to, I don't want to judge her, right? Yeah. Um, But... Uh, you know, what does she teach her children? Does she teach them to not be friends with a Muslim boy? I to I not be friends not. with a Buddhist, you know, yeah. child who could be blonde and blue eyed, by the way. True. There was um a quote and it's this was in a meme, so who knows if Thomas Jefferson actually said it or not. But it says I never considered differences of religion or politics as reason for walking away from a friend. And, you know, I I find truth in that. I I have a diverse group of friends uh, ranging from different religions, different ideas on on politics. But, you know, I guess for her, she wasn't getting what she wanted out of the friendship anymore. And I think that um, I know it's not that simple. I know it's not as simple as we should be friends. You know, we should open our hearts and be friends. with. I, I know that... But what is it that we should esteem to do? Right. So Benjamin Franklin, who was a consummate uh, self-improver, 
um, he would create a calendar and write the characteristics that he would like to be known for. And he worked on those daily. I love that. Yes. And so what does that say about what your friend did? I hope that eventually in her heart, she will know that, that she failed to examine right thing to do right. in that case. I think if she had come back and said, I need to process this more. You know what would have been nice, though? We, we never really talked because after that initial text from her, you know, I sent the reply. As I told her, I said, I value our friendship. And just crickets. Yeah. It's like never ghost- heard back. Uh, yes. To me, if, if, if you truly care about someone, go meet them where they're at, you know? Well, that kind of um, transitions into my story mm. because um, the fact that she didn't come back to process this with you, um, that was something that I failed to do when I walked away from a relationship recently this past year. I ghosted her terribly. <laughs> I did. And I uh, I had heard the term but wasn't familiar with it until um, we decided to do this episode and you told me about it. So um, this is someone whom I met in college. Uh, this friendship spans 20-some years. That's a long time. It was uh, the longest-running uh, relationship of any kind except for family. Oh, wow. That I had had. Even uh, longer than your marriage. Absolutely. Yes. So she was someone I started the day with, mm-hmm. that I ended the day with, someone I spoke to for hours a day. She was somebody who became like a sister. Aww. So it was a very, very tight bond. However, I did begin to see a crack uh, toward the end of four years um, into our relationship. And just, you know, quickly, it was it was um, over this uh, boy. So I really like, I was more infatuated than anything with this guy I had dated and he broke up with me and she knew him and slept with him no. uh, within like one to two weeks after he and I broke up and oh I was God. not over it. And she knew that. And so when she told me, I was stunned. Oh I yeah. Felt, That's a betrayal. I felt a great sense of betrayal. And I didn't know, I, I couldn't fathom how she could do that to me. And she never fully realized. And that's when, again, that fissure, you know, uh, began to happen. And over the years since then, I would look back and see the toxicity of that relationship. You know, we both had deep insecurities, um, which we would band-aid by bonding over gossip and negativity. Do you remember those girlfriendships? Fast forward eight years from from that point, right when I was graduating from college. I'm engaged. She's supposed to be in my wedding. Well, after my husband proposed with a beautiful engagement ring, she said that the money should have been spent on wiser endeavors, that basically I didn't deserve it. Don't deserve it? Yeah. Oh, Mm. wow. Yeah. And this is someone who watched me put myself through school, who watched me work to financially support my mother. So, yeah, it hurt because I felt that she knew better than that. And she continued to criticize some other things about the wedding and the planning of it and until I finally really was left with no choice. Yeah. I told her that she was no longer welcome in my wedding. You know, it stirred up some of the scars mm-hmm. from 
from over the years when yeah. she had done certain things that were uh, just not things that you do to a friend. No. And she, so, but I just want to add that this is all from my point of view, right, which is biased toward my favor. To be fair, she may disagree and believe I had wronged her. The longer the relationship, I think the murkier it can get. You just have to be as fair as you can while still sure, uh, still making sure that this relationship is still healthy for you. So what eventually led to the end really was something that sounds a bit juvenile. She got nasty in a, nasty in a text over not wanting to meet up for dinner in a location that was inconvenient for her. Mm. I ended up not going, and that night made the decision that it was over. From then, I began to respond only through text, politely, and eventually, I stopped communicating altogether. Yikes. This is not my MO. Yeah. You you know me. Yes. And that I am very comfortable with uh, being honest about oh, uncomfortable definitely. things. I've yeah. talked to you. Like, there mm-hmm. was an issue an issue, not issue, but <laughs> there was something that I felt and I told you yes. and we, and I was honest about it. I knew I was taking a risk, um, but I felt it was important and we worked through it. Yeah. The reason that I have not been willing to do that is that every time I've done so in the past, it would blow up in my face because she yeah. would not own it. It would end up being just melodrama. Well, you know, friendships abruptly end or slowly dissolve for many reasons. It usually boils down to a handful of common reasons, and we've both kind of touched on some of these. Over jealousy, chronic long-term negativity, betrayal, power imbalance, or, you know, putting the other person down, chronic long-term neediness and insecurity, self-involvement, narcissism, untreated mental illness, and the manifestations of that alcohol and drug abuse, and of course, illegal behaviors such as rape, sexual abuse, theft could go on. And of course, sometimes people simply grow apart. In those cases, the path of a friend's life no longer crosses yours. And I think when someone is considering whether to seek a friend divorce, (laughs) I love that. I like that word. First, consider why you want the breakup. And I think that's really important to make clear. I had to clear, be clear about that in order to not be derailed by feelings of guilt, be clear about your boundaries and how this person is not relating to you in a healthy way any longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of goes back to my story about my friend who walked away from me. I don't think she ever went through the process of truly identifying what the issue was. And if if I was being unhealthy towards her, which I don't think I was – Um, But if I was, I would want to know. And she would have discovered something about herself if she had gone through that process. Right. So the problem with that is that she really loses out. These friendships where you are able to be honest, where you're taking risks, they're the ones that help you grow. And those are the most important ones to examine, to figure out and identify Mm -hmm. what are my reasons. I think it's tough because we don't have a ritual a formal process for ending these relationships. You can legally divorce your spouse. You can legally end a parent-child relationship even. You can adopt a dog and legally be responsible for it. But with friendships, there isn't a clear line about how do we end this? (laughs) Right. How do you know it's over? Right. Now you can move on. We don't have that. Um, And I think that there are right ways and wrong ways to 
cut someone out of your life or distance yourself. Of course, if you're in an abusive situation, you need to remove yourself right away. So I found this awesome article on BuzzFeed. It was written by Anna Borges. And I have no idea if I'm saying her name correctly. So Anna, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry sorry. for botching your name. Yes. So I'm just going to refer to you as Anna. (laughs) But the title of her article is, Here's How to Break Up with a Friend Like a Damn Adult. Well, there you go. There you go. Exactly. One of the first things that Anna says is to first know how to identify a toxic friendship that might be more draining than it is rewarding. Um, in fact, for for her article, um, she interviewed uh, a couple therapists. And again, I'm about to botch some names. Uh, one was, how would you say that? Bonnier. Bonnier. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bonnier. And Deja's White. Deja's White. There, we're going to go with that. So um, some of the signs that they give are, one, you feel drained after you hang out with them, or maybe you don't like the way you act when they're with them. Good point. That was a great point. Um, Or maybe you have to kind of psych yourself up to hang out with them. Been there. Like you got to like really get in the girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hate those. Got to get in the. (laughs) It's like, oh, like. Get it in my head. As it is, I'm tired. Yeah. Right. Or sometimes, you know, the balance is just way off. Either they don't reciprocate your effort or maybe it's vice versa, especially if they make you feel bad about yourself Mm, or put you on guilt trips or if there's a lot of fighting um, or maybe you just don't like or respect them. Um, And then, of course, once you identify what is toxic about the friendship, you need to decide which route is best because there are different ways that we can handle these situations. Um, So he talks about one, maybe you just need to set new boundaries for the friendship. Or sometimes you just have to formally end it. Of course, if you decide to set some boundaries, Bonnier suggests that you need to be specific. So for example, he says, if they text you constantly, an easy boundary to set is letting them know that you can't text them back during the workday. And let's say that you share some of these boundaries, but your friend doesn't respect them, then that's when you might need to reevaluate and try a couple of the other routes that were mentioned. So such as the slow fade. Um, This is basically ghosting, which we mentioned earlier. And in this case, you're kind of both pulling away for your own reasons. Now, typically ghosting is when you just kind of, you kind of cut it off. This really only works, he says, when two people are both moving into different phases of their lives. So he says, for obvious reasons, this option is super tempting for the non-confrontational, like my friend, but you have to be careful He says, if you sense hesitation or confusion or hurt on their part, then you've got to be more direct and have a conversation. But of course, you know, formally ending a friendship is tricky. And so um, the fifth thing on their list is that you're going to want to kind of plan your conversation ahead of time. It doesn't mean that you have to script it out, but you do want to have a general idea of what you want to say. And then... (laughs) And I love that they include this. Anna suggests, yes, you can do it over text, but only in very specific circumstances. So Anna says, you should be honest with yourself. Do you want to dump your friend via text because it's easier for you? 
or does it actually make sense for the friendship? So for instance, she says, you know, if you have the type of friendship where you're used to having meaningful and in-depth conversations through sure. text, that would be kind of more normal for that relationship. Um, and okay. therefore Context. it might be exactly sure. Therefore it might be appropriate. But if your typical communication with your friend is, you know, just maybe logistics via text, like, hey, let's hang out or hey, meet me here, but you save the more in-depth conversations for in person, then she says just don't. That makes sense. This is common sense, right? Yes. Okay. And then I like how Anna says, do not use the excuse of being busy, Mm. no matter how tempted you are. Now, this is, and I quote, she says, an obvious blow off. And I agree because, you know, everyone is busy, but we all make time for the things that are important to us. Of course. Correct? Yeah. So, and her reasoning, and actually um, Bonnier says that when you just – give the excuse of being busy, what it does is it leads them to believe that eventually you'll stop being busy and things will go back to where it was before. So you're not really getting your message across. You're not, because they're just, in denial, because they right. want the relationship. You're just putting off sure. the inevitable. That makes sense. Is all it is. Okay. You're dragging it out and you're kind of just stringing them along. And that's not fair. It's so not kind. Right. right. So when you do talk to them, when you do gather the courage... Anna suggests that you make the breakup about you and your needs, not about their shortcomings. So kind of some basic psychology here. Use a lot of I statements instead of a lot of you statements. Don't just make it about them and their negative qualities. Um, But, you know, there are some times when you may need to clarify um, actions on their part they just said that you need to give some thought to your intentions and whether or not it's worth it. So, you know, Anna says it's completely normal to have the urge to go into great detail and tell someone how they've hurt you. But you have to ask yourself, are they aware enough? Are they self-aware enough to to receive this? Is it just going to fall on deaf ears? Um, if you get the impression that that they'll truly listen – and you feel it might be helpful for them, then yes, you can you can share. But otherwise, it might be best to stick to, um, you know. Generalities. Exactly, yeah. And of course, number 11, Anna just says, no matter what, just be kind and mature. And if you really don't want to have contact with this person anymore, Anna says, you'll probably need to be super specific about that. Uh, Dejas White, uh, the other therapist that, that Anna interviewed, says that if you are in the same friend group or have friends that are in common, you'll need to fill them in once it's done. Um, it, it'll kind of help minimize the awkwardness. So you could say something as simple as, hey, you know, me and this person are going through a hard time. But just so you know, neither of us expects you to choose sides. Oh, great. We Very don't want to lose your friendship. Okay. Right. That's so good. there's... Let's be mature about it. Okay. We're not in middle school anymore, (laughs) you know. And, of course, once it's done, you need to follow through with whatever boundaries you set. So if you set up boundaries, you need to stick by them. Just like if you were a parent and you set boundaries for your child, you know, if you need to follow through. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
Of course, as we mentioned before, and Anna mentions this at the end of her article, she says, if a friend is truly toxic or abusive towards you, you obviously have the right to drop the friendship cold turkey. And this is to protect your own mental health by removing yourself from an unhealthy relationship, ASAP. So what if you are the one being unfriended? You know, what are some things that you can do in order to mourn, right, yeah. to heal from from that? Well, um, I also found a great article by um, Therese Borchard. She's the associate editor of a blog called World of Psychology, and she also founded Project Hope and Beyond, an online community for persons with treatment-resistant depression and other chronic mood disorders. So she also says that friendships are like marriages. So when it ends, she believes it needs to be mourned, processed in the same way as a terminated marriage, because even if the split was inevitable, it still hurts sometimes more than a breakup even with Mm -hmm. a boyfriend because of how long-lasting and deep that bond is. So here are eight ways uh, to say goodbye. Number one, compose a goodbye letter. Now, this is a letter not to that person. It's for yourself. So she has written many old boyfriend letters that she never sent out. Uh, She wrote one after her father died. And all of this is so that she could hear herself say goodbye to this person that she really liked or loved. You know, I did that. I told her all the things that had hurt me in the relationship, but that I was also sad that it worked out that way. And that despite those things, I still missed her. Mm. I think I was actually kind of angry. And I felt like it needed to get out. You were processing it. I was, it was processing ther- it. It was therapy. It, it well, really it was. It is. It works. So yeah. you see, you can attest to the fact that it works. It does. So um, the other thing is to pluck out the feeling. What she means by that is that sometimes, you know how you want to cover up yeah. those bad feelings? You know, when you're sad, you just want to ignore it. You're feeling guilty. You want to cover it up with food. You know, all those things, you know, you just want to bury the feeling. Well, don't do that. Try to scoop out, she says, those seeds of rejection and sadness (laughs) from a terminated friendship. So look through pictures of trips together or graduation from high school or college. Listen to songs that trigger memories of your time together. They all help you mourn an ending. I really like this one because, like I said, so many of us reflexively become defensive and yeah. blame the other person. It's their fault. Yeah. So that we don't have to feel it. We don't have to feel like it's our fault. Or how about we just don't want to feel sad about it. We yeah. don't want to feel like we've been left. No, it's an awful feeling. It's, it's so it's yucky. horrible. And so, uh, but you need to mourn it. Mm -hmm. You got to so that you can move on so it doesn't become poison in you. Uh, Plan a ritual. Uh, So this refers back to what I mentioned earlier, um, that friend divorces do not have a formal breakup process. Mm -hmm. There's no funeral. (laughs) There's no court date. No symbolic way to move through it in order to process your emotions. So she says create a ceremony of sorts. (laughs) I fill in the space with something new. She says that's true for any loss. Uh, She mentioned, yeah, when she stopped drinking, she had to come up with some other sober activities. (laughs) Same thing when she stopped smoking. And she said, right on down the Mm -hmm. addiction list. Although it's uncomfortable, she says, change can be fun and challenging. And the bonus is you're allowed to cuss your way through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 
I picked up coffee when I quit smoking. Oh, I didn't know you smoked. See, I'm learning all. I did. I love that. See, I <laughs> I love that you are brave and willing to be honest, even uh, through this process of us. You know, we're starting this new podcast. I find that as we're having our our um, great dialogues, that you are so much more comfortable being honest. You know, I find that I have to kind of work myself up to get there. And, you know, oh, and, and I think that's great for a podcast like ours because our listeners, that's what we're trying to give them. I think so. I I want people to know that they're not alone. I want to open up the lines of communication on these sometimes difficult topics that a lot of us just don't feel comfortable speaking about or we feel embarrassed, embarrassed about. yeah. And really, it's silly because I think we're all going through these things. Mm, yeah. Why is this kept under a blanket? Because it's worse when it's ourselves, right? I know. It is. And it's not. But yeah. I'm just saying that's the feeling, right? Yes. It's the feeling. Mm-hmm. We all just want to be perfect. She says, stay with the loneliness. Feel the pain. Don't rush into activity to skip over those feelings. Go through it, not around it. She quotes Henri Nguyen, a Dutch priest, professor, and writer. It is not easy to stay with your loneliness, but when you can acknowledge your loneliness in a safe, contained space, you make your pain available for God's healing. And You know, it it took me off guard when you first said stay with your pain because my first reaction was, well, wallowing isn't good. That's just going to throw yourself into a depression. But after hearing kind of the explanation, I think what I'm gathering from that is one, what it does is I think it validates your feelings, especially if maybe the other person doesn't validate your feelings. And then two, I think so often we try to run away from it and allowing it to come is what allows us to process it. Um, I think that there's a fear of feeling the feelings, of feeling these painful feelings. What happens when you try to run away from it is that you find you can't. Yeah. They'll come they'll come back. Mm-hmm. They're not they're never gone. So you cover it up with other things. It comes out in anxiety, in uh, you know, eating disorders, in drinking, in medication, in drugs, in shopping, all kinds of ways um, that are unhealthy. So you can choose to not deal with it, but it will deal with you. That's a good point. So what she's saying is that you have to feel those feelings and let it show you what you are supposed to learn from this. Yeah. Process that and then let them go. Mm. So, and lastly, don't take it personally, Hmm. which in some ways seems like a contradiction because it's, oh, wait, you know, stay with the pain, try to learn from it. But don't take it personally. She quotes uh, Miguel Ruiz, who says, even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. If you don't take it personally, you're immune in the middle of hell. So I think that overall, what she's saying is that whatever other people do, there's always a component that's about them. Oh, right. Whatever it is. Definitely. And I think that once you process it, you just have to say, all right, I've dealt with it. The rest is yours. 
Uh, one thing that's been helpful for me is spending time with family and friends because it reminds me that while I might have lost a friend that no longer values me, I still have people in my life who do love me, who do value me. Sharing these experiences too, even right here and now, are all, that's something else that kind of helps me to move forward. If, if anything, there's always a lesson. There's always something to learn, and that's what I can take away. That's the silver lining. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on the podcatcher where you find our show and subscribe because you'll be entered to win a Gritty Girls t-shirt during the first two months of our launch. Because we are a new show, we need your help, so subscribe. Grab your iDevice, go to the iTunes store, and search for Gritty Girls Podcast. This will help you to download Apple's free podcast app if you don't already have it. Then, once you're on our podcast, hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are automatically downloaded onto your device. And for Android listeners, download the free Stitcher radio app and search Gritty Girls Podcast. For all others, you can find us on our website at grittygirlspodcast.com. And please join our gritty conversations by heading to our website where our next show topics are listed. Pick one that resonates with you. Call our chat line and record your thoughts. Quick one or two lines will do, and then you'll have a good chance of being on our show's WDYT segment for What Do You Think? We only have one rule. Enter the conversation with an open mind. Our music today includes Days Past by In Closing. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Listen to understand, seek out growth, and keep the heart and mind open. But I confess that I walked away from a friend a few years ago, and for a few of the reasons that I just mentioned above, um, before. (laughs) That worked. Does it, it was, work? Yes, it does. It's it above. Oh, you did like, say like above. Like they're reading. I'm reading. <laughs> Our listeners aren't reading. They're going to look up like where. Oh, okay. You have to have a natural pause here. Right. I'm going to pause because right. I have to go put on. That's fine. I'm going to drink some water.